What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Waterboy Podcast. Today, it is episode 34, 34, episode number 34. Got a packed schedule today. We're recording this on a Tuesday, uh, getting this up on Thursday, but for some reason, the past eight hours, like eight different things in the NFL just dropped. Uh, Once again, the NFL is king. They reminded us of that on a Tuesday. So yeah, NFL's king. Yeah, I was just going to say that counting is hard for this uh, for this show. Yeah, we're we're not really up to date when it comes to like counting. And, you know, we're not numbers, guys. We're water boys after all. Uh, you know, that's not really our industry. It's not really our field. We stick to the water boy stuff. We're not the analytics guys. Uh, but yeah, on the schedule today, we're starting off. We were going to talk about baseball, but <laughs> no, we're not anymore. Uh, so we got a little bit of NBA, then got some college football and then got to wrap it up with the beast itself nfl way too much going on the nfl nfl is king let's get right into the episode all right okay starting off everett's got nba stuff i mean i'll be honest so much so much nfl happened today it's just swamped my brain so i'll let you lead this nba talk yeah Uh, no it's let's be honest the nba currently is basically irrelevant outside of the free agency this year is just disappointing like in my opinion Outside, maybe a bit a year ago, but three summers ago, maybe two summers ago, when it was the Kawhi, Leonard, Kawhi AD. Yeah. Oh my God! Just like that was like the greatest stretch of three weeks of my life. Outside, outside of Brian Windhorse's weekend, the Windhorse weekend, uh, the NBA has had nothing. With yeah, that, not many moves. We're still we don't know what KD and Kyrie's doing yet. Like, yeah, that's what they about, might have to stay. Way. I don't know. That's don't know, what this but. is about. Uh, first and foremost, just as a general thing. Kyrie Irvin has apparently said that he's fine staying on the Nets, even without KD. So a little confusing what's going on there because it's been reported, but it wasn't reported. But like, so it's probably a ball sack. Probably a ball sack. But um, any report I hear now is I just can't believe anything I hear out of the NBA. Like, I can't believe anything they say. Um, It's essentially 50 ball sack sports. But um, with that said, apparently... The Celtics offered, this is probably a while ago, but the Celtics offered the Nets Jalen Brown, Derek White, uh, a first-round draft pick in exchange for Kevin Durant. The uh, the Nets declined that and rebuttaled it with Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Derek White, multiple picks, and a first rotation player. Like a number, like just a one, one rotation player. So once Peyton again... Peyton Pritchard. Once, once again, once again, the Nets are delusional. So, okay, that yeah, okay. Let, let's start. Let's start with the the Nets perspective first. Uh, okay, why why do you think why do you think that's exactly delusional? I kind of think it's a fat haul for the Nets. That's well, yeah, they're delusional in the fact that they think that the the Celtics would accept that. It's the same thing when they try to trade with the Timberwolves and their proposed trade with the Timberwolves to get Kevin Durant was going to include Anthony Edwards. Okay, okay. For a second, I thought you meant delusional as in like you can get more for that. I was like, what no, are you saying? No, okay, they're, 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 too much. They're delusional. Right. they're delusional in the aspect that they are asking ungodly amounts. Like I understand Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant, but like, and I understand Rudy Gobert destroyed the entire trade market so like, you know what it's understandable but you're just not going to get that so at least if he doesn't want to be there instead of just kind of sitting it out and maybe you know eating that contract i would just kind of pawn him off 
I mean, like you could also just trade KD to to the Lakers, you know, take uh, Russell Westbrook, but um, I don't know if you guys want. They, then they would really be delusional. I don't know what would be going on. So I, I want to look Kevin Durant's contract situation real quick and just see. So okay, whichever team uh, KD potentially gets traded to, they have him locked up till twenty twenty six. So that's also a ben- That's also a reason why you can up the the asking price a little more if you're Brooklyn because okay. you haven't, I mean, but yet again, Kevin Durant can just force a trade out of your team. So then again, the contract really doesn't mean shit. Uh, but one thing that I saw earlier this week, I, I'm the NFL blew up, blew up my mind. I can't believe I forgot about this, but earlier this week, when this kind of got leaked, Jalen Brown reacted on Twitter, like shaking my head or yeah, something. And so and I look, the top reply was uh, a Celtics fan saying, uh, like, I understand where you're coming from, JB, but you'd understand it's Kevin Durant. <laughs> it's just a graphic of KD in a Brooklyn number seven jersey, which is Jalen Brown's number. <laughs> I was like, God damn, Boston fans just don't give a Relentless. shit. They're ruthless, man. Like, also as a, as a, Coming from my Laker fan and Dodger fan, from my LA fan perspective, I'm also ruthless as shit, and I have zero loyalty. But it's a little bit different. Available. It's a little yeah. bit different. When it's like Boston seems to be, they pride themselves, in my opinion, on like the whole Boston culture, everything. Yeah, no. The team dynamic. Like LA, eh, I mean, it, it is the Lake show, but like, remember, it's a show. So we got to put the best product on the court. You know, that's priority number yeah, one. Yeah, the Lakers haven't been great about that one for a bit. In the past two years, no. But the AD trade, even though now we, we bash on it, yeah, it they won a ring, although it wasn't Mickey Mouse ring. It paid off uh, in the grand scheme of things, you could say. Some, could say people, some people would say, to clarify. I don't know. Well, Not I mean, looking would. at last year, I guess you can't say that that trade has just at least propelled so, the Lakers so, back okay. in a perpetual here's, like threat because they didn't make the playoffs last year. But like, <laughs> We talked about this a couple episodes ago, and this is going to be a re- re- reiteration of that. Between the Anthony Davis, Zion Williams, or not Anthony, so the, the Lakers, uh, Pelicans trade, trade for AD, the AD trade. Who won the yeah, trade? Because personally, I feel like the Pelicans won that trade. The thing is, you, you maybe you can like perspective, like potential outlook. Like, yeah, the Pelicans, they have more young pieces and everything. But like, I mean, yes, B.I. is, BI is a baller. I, I was a big B.I. fan out of Duke also. Uh, I remember when they were like a four seed. I remember that was like the first game on Friday, March Madness. Don't know how I remember that. But... Uh, I've always been a B.I. guy. He's blossomed. Lonzo's not on the team anymore. Is Josh Hart still with them? Josh Hart is not on the team anymore. So he got, he is, was, was it just a essentially Josh, now it was just a B.I. for A.D. swap? If we I, like, well, look back well, no, at it, I kind think of? They, they packaged the Josh Hart and a couple other players from that trade for C.J. McCollum. So essentially they got B.I., CJ McCollum, okay, and like, like I CJ. think they got like Alvarado and uh, one more starter who was a rookie last year on defense. Um, I don't know his name, but he was like their best. I think they drafted Jackson Hayes too out of that. They Actually, did. there's they no did. way. There's how no Jackson the, Hayes. How would the Lakers have a pick that would have been like a lottery for? 
It wasn't a lottery. Like, Jackson, a- Jackson Hayes was like in the middle. It was like 15. And it was because remember was the like season- 10 or so. No, it was like 15. I mean. It was also the Lakers were deplorably bad that season with LeBron. Remember LeBron said that he, it's like, I'm bad. Oh, like, actually, yes. Playoff LeBron's been activated and he proceeded to get shut down like a week later. He went number eight, Everett. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, he, I, uh, but they did really Now suck. that I think about it, the Lakers were pretty shit that year. They were like pretty good until uh, December when Bron got hurt and then. And then it was like, then well, it was then, just back then, to the OG Lakers. Like we rolling out Jordan Clarkson every night. Like, I mean, fucking Nick Young's out here taking half court hey, shots. I mean, like, I mean don't forget then, like I said, then playoff Ron got activated, subsequently shut himself down a week later after he couldn't carry the team on his back because they were too deplorably bad. I mean, when you look back at it from an overall perspective, it was a smart move by LeBron to sit out the rest of that season, oh, yeah. tank it for the draft stock for the 80 trip. Overall, it was a good decision by LeBron James. Legacy-wise, though, bad. Skip Bayless would probably agree with you on that one. Skip Bayless, uh, he just... Uh, we gotta react to this. Skip Bayless just <laughs> announced his top 10, or I think he reiterated it, his top 10 NBA players all time. Yeah. He has LeBron James ranked as the ninth best NBA player of all time. <laughs> uh, where was Kobe on that? Wasn't he like four or five? Seven. Oh, seven. Uh, seven or six above above LeBron. So, um, well, at least he agrees with most people besides me on Kobe Bryant. But I think it was like, I, I also know he had Larry Bird one spot ahead of LeBron. Larry at eight. Uh, he had Magic two, MJ one. I mean, he... Every morning, it posts a picture of him saying, I can't lose in these shoes, MJ forever. So obviously, he has Michael Jeffrey Jordan at one. But uh, I think it was Magic 2. I, I don't really remember. Three, I think he, six. he had like Hakeem. Tim Hawaii. Duncan might have been at like six. Shaq was probably at like Shaq five. Shaq was at five. And then, and then I think um, Olajuwon was like. He might have had Tim Duncan over Shaq, to be honest. Like four. Uh, anyway, Kareem, Kareem the, I mean, the, the LeBron hate is just unreal with this guy. I mean, at least he put him in the top 10. At least he did that. Shout out Skip. But this guy, like, there's no way he actually hates LeBron James that much. Like, someone in Fox, and I mean, even he was doing this back at ESPN, someone is, like, in his ear, like, Telling if him you're like just a LeBron hater, this is how you look, get all your clicks. Look, it's, 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 it's all content-based. Like, you know, people say absurd things, <clears throat> TJ Watt, um, because they want to get clicks. Like, I mean... Yeah, and, and it's like on first, or not first take, on Undisputed, it's literally uh, Shannon's just Mr. LeBron Stan and then skips the LeBron hater, just, of course. So. Just to clarify, my <clears throat> TJ Watt was not because TJ Watt does that. No, that's because I was delusionally stating things that TJ Watt was better than Aaron Donald for... For clicks so uh to clarify that one yeah i mean it's, it's okay it's okay we all uh, it. it happens uh but yeah i mean it, look i i that yeah. ranking that rank came out of skip i was like yep this guy look i, I yeah i i Bron will have, never reach his top five i could have another thing for the nba to be honest but there's not really much charles barkley might live or leave for the for the live golf scene which would which would be really bad and really sad um, i think if charles barkley left for the live they should also allow him to participate in the tournaments tournament. it should be like a double kind of like the mlb trying to like 
have their guys mic'd up on the field. Like Charles Barkley should be mic'd up. Also commentating the other golfers going around while also playing around at the same time. That would be money TV. You could put that on its own network and it would probably do more numbers than any golf. Well, no, uh, I think I think the live broadcast they could do the Charles Barkley version. Oh, yeah, the live probably would. But like the the um, whatever they're called, where like the NFL quarterbacks play with each other. That does pretty good numbers, though, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't really have much like important stuff from the NBA. Like we said, it is dead. NFL is supreme. So uh, with that, we can get on to college football. All right. <laughs> I want to start off uh, Anthony Trash, the guy never ends. Somebody is in his ear. Well, it's kind of obvious. Everybody in college football is doing this, but it's all about Ohio State interactions. How do we rile up the most Ohio State fans? This time uh, on a PFF offensive tackle ranking post, I've been trying to find it. I saw this a couple of days ago. I sent it to myself. I think they took it down. That's how egregiously like horrible it was. But on these rankings, I just remember two exactly. I'm pretty sure they got the Northwestern guy one, which is right. And then at two, they had Ohio State tackle Dewan Jones, who I don't know, Ohio State fans. You tell me, would, would you rather have Paris or Dewan Jones? Paris is rumored to go maybe top 10, top 15 the draft next year. Dewan. I'm not sure exactly where he's projected to land, but DeWan as the second best tackle in college football, I was, I was, so instead of, instead of, you know, severely underrating Ohio state, they just boosted the shit out of Ohio state this time, just overrated the crap out of them. Uh, instead of getting Ohio state hate comments, they're getting Ohio state love comments, but not exactly because the actual Ohio state tackle Paris Johnson was ranked fifth best in the country. And if they like swapped them too, maybe they accidentally just had them swapped. And maybe that's why they took the post down. Hopefully that's why. But if they had Paris at two, Dewan at five, I don't think any Ohio State fans would have like even interacted with it. They would have been like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, not a good week for the uh, PFF uh, creatives division over there, making all of their uh, photos, you know, like all the stuff that they, they uh, put up their images on Twitter uh, last week. They uh, put Keenan Slovis from USC. Um, he's he's playing at Pitt. They uh, they changed it, had to delete it, and put it back up with him at Pitt. So they put it back up, fixing that mistake. But another thing, I just want to say, they they doubled down on that take. You know, they read all the comments like, "How the hell do you have fucking Spencer Rattler Spencer Rattler over CJ Strat like?" They read all those comments, took it all in, and said those, look at those numbies. Look at those numbies. Repost it. Do it again. PFF, I mean, they proved to me with that post. I mean, no surprise. It's just all about the clicks. It's all about the interactions. props, Props to Anthony Trash. Might not know football that well, but knows how to get a click. Like the thing about PFF is like, I think they're, they're like PFF player grades, a bunch of like BS. I think they just (laughs) put a bunch of random shit and just put players wherever the hell they want uh, just to match their rankings. But I swear if they just listed the college football quarterbacks based off of like their PFF grade last season, there's no way 
there's no way that Spencer Rattler was above CJ Stroud. There's just no way. Um, there's just no way. You no, know, if 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 a player who's a potential number one overall pick and the Heisman favorite manages to implode himself versus us, Tulane, first game of the season at home, by the way, in Oklahoma, uh, versus a team that was displaced by a hurricane who had to practice out of a hotel. I don't know if he should be number three going into this year. And and also about that game, something I kind of think of a little from. First, from a two-lane perspective, your home opener against Oklahoma gets canceled and moved, and now it's an away game. From a two-lane perspective, you're freaking pissed, and I think that would get the boys motivated a little oh, more. Oh, no, we we were – there's a lot of emotions going on, to be fair. Okay, M- maybe, maybe some anger. I'm not sure exactly, but from the Oklahoma perspective, getting that moved, getting your uh, season opener moved from an away game to a home game – and you get an extra home game on the season that wasn't originally supposed to be there. Like you gotta be from a Spencer Rattler perspective, you gotta be like, okay. Like he probably was like, that. okay, now I don't even need to watch film. Uh, like that was probably his reaction. Like, oh, pfft. I don't need to think about Tulane. Exactly why you shouldn't be number three. Yeah. I mean, bad. Bad preparation, bad preparation on a Spencer Rattler, and I mean that's that's why he got replaced. What Look, if if I if six, I were to make five? this if I were to make this list myself, Spencer Rattler is probably round eight, seven, eight with Dylan Gabe. I'm I'm like, I actually yeah he he probably he probably I mean he although, he had like a seventy two percent completion last year. I mean yeah, although he definitely I, is still a top ten quarterback in college football, but top three. I mean I I just. Like I said before, if you're a top three quarterback, you're in the Heisman contention. Like you're not a long shot for the Heisman. Like you are an immediate decision. Like Kayla Williams, uh, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, all of them are in the immediate contenders for odds to win the Heisman. Like those are th- them. Will Anderson, I think, is there too. Um, I think is a little for. I think he's it's a little like because he's, he's. I think li- it's I mean, literally like right now. It's, it's just, just Bryce days. Young, CJ Stroud, and I know. And Caleb. P- also, PFF has stated that their odds are Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Caleb Williams. So why do you have any <laughs> trash putting Spencer Rattler at three? My other question is, where is Jackson Dart? Why is like when? Yeah, no Dart. I'm not sure if they had AR 15 on there either. I mean, if we're going off the hype factor, he's got to be in there. He's apparently changing his name from AR-15, by the way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it had to happen, but... With reason. Uh, With reason. Yeah, that, that is a sick nickname. That is, <laughs> that is AK-47? No, oh, yeah. Oh. My brother was talking about that the other day. Like, he could have been AK-47 2.0. Obviously, obviously not the same factor having a Russian with the nickname AK-47. Someone had to have told him, like, you're going to be number 47, but like, I don't know. Like that's just yeah, great branding. Andre Phenomenal Andre. branding. Uh, um, yeah, but that's the tackle rankings I had. Do you, do you have anything else college football? Uh, yeah, I, I've got, maybe let's hear one, it. Let's hear it. Let's hear, um, it. let's hear it. Let's hear it. The first thing is this came out, um, a little bit ago, but we never covered it. Um, yeah. and I feel like you've seen this, but Kentucky quarterback, Will Levis, um, is an abomination to society. 
are we talking about his like food preferences here? I forgot exactly what it is, but like, Will what Levis. does he eat? That's just whack as shit. What is it again? Will Levis puts mayo in his coffee. That was it. <laughs> that oh, was it. dude, what the hell? Like, like, okay, now real quick, I gotta know: is that his substitute for like sugar and like cream or whatever? That like. I mean, I drink it black. I mean, I'm. I mean, you know, I'm a man. I, I just when drink it. Was the last black, time you had coffee, this morning, I drink it oh. almost every day. Oh, yeah, I don't drink coffee. Probably not a good thing that I'm already like, kind of like, like on that wave. I like waking up in the morning, 4 a.m. grind, take smalts right up, right up out of bed, get going. Now, I mean, I'm no doctor. Actually, I'm not sure what would be more healthier. Ripping smelling salts or drinking coffee every morning? One smelling salt or two cups of coffee? What is healthier? Well, um, I'm currently training to be a doctor, and um, I would presume coffee is probably better for you long term. (laughs) Okay. Although although smalts, like, I don't necessarily know what the medical impact is. So the man studying that and aware of it willingly chooses to pick the thing worse. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Doctors are the worst patients, so. No, I, also, I know. Uh, no, 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 I know. I, I think am, it's very funny. To clarify, I'm I am not in medical school right now. <laughs> and I'm also not a doctor. There's a Dr. Everett. <laughs> doctor E PhD rolls off the tongue. Yeah, they just call me the doc. Yeah, doc. I mean, maybe we could do a special Dr. E and G PhD. G well, session, let's maybe do let's, a let's just session. hope. Let's just hope I get into med school first. That's that's the starting place. Um, yeah. With that said, though, start with that. Yeah, uh, I can diagnose Will Levis as having a health hazard to the entire world around him for putting mayo in his coffee. I I don't understand the benefits of that. I mean, K- Kentucky, but I'm not sure if he's from Kentucky. Maybe that's just what they do out there. I'm not really um, read up to date on standard Kentucky coffee. Well, so but if yeah, we, if we want, if we want, I can make a, a surprise guest appearance right now. My my housemate is from Kentucky. We can confirm or deny this. Yeah, I gotta find. I gotta know if that. I I gotta know if this is a. I gotta know if this is a distinct thing or if this is a recurring, regional thing. Because I've never heard of that in my life. I hopefully most of you haven't either. Uh yeah, let's. I'm 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 getting them in here. Give me a second. Okay, yeah, I mean that's that's atrocious. I don't know what I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so in the meantime, while uh, while we're waiting for our Kentucky expert to uh, to enter the premises, uh, I do have um, one more, just general college. I guess it's we're on college football. I don't even know why I said that. My brain doesn't work properly sometimes. Um, that happens. Yeah. So the big thing is, PFF tweeted this out. Uh, we love to to talk about PFF on this show. Uh, who is running back university, Georgia or Bama? Hold on that. The Kentucky expert is here. Okay. All right. All right. So okay. We're talking about Will Levis and his uh, love for mayo coffee. Oh, yes. The question, uh, you might want to squat down a little bit so you can get in here. The uh, it, it, the, the question is, is mayo coffee... Like what? What is the Kentucky style of coffee? Is that a regional thing, or is well, Will Levis just just Psychotic. just a whack job? Like I, I'm I'm not gonna say Will Levis is a whack job, but um, 
I would say that's his own thing. That's what it's I'll not say. Kentucky. It's not a Kentucky style coffee. Okay. Kentucky All right. Drink their coffee pretty pretty regularly. Occasionally, you know, when a party's going on, we get some bourbon in our coffee because, of course. Okay. It's, it's, Fair enough. Fair enough. Understandable. Uh, that's, that's Will Levis's thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. All right. Yeah. You've heard it here first. Will Levis does not speak for the entirety of Kentucky when it comes to coffee. Yeah. No. He. That is not an uh, an indictment on the state of Kentucky. That's a Will Levis thing and a Will Levis thing only. Hopefully, no one else on earth does that, or else <laughs> you should literally be in jail. Uh. But yeah. Okay, uh, back back to my question though. Okay, so like yeah, I said, yeah. Well, what, what, what was PFF put out a tweet uh, talking about what running back university is like all time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their mm-hmm. their choices were between Bama and Georgia. Uh, I have a feeling that you're not going to agree with either of those two selections, but um, so I'm gonna be honest. I'm not gonna say Ohio State is RBU. I'm not gonna say that. All right, and I think it. I think it would probably have to be Alabama. Yeah. So the uh, the main they have four running backs each on on this picture. Uh, Bama has Sean Alexander, longtime running back for the Seahawks. I'm pretty sure. Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram, and Najee Harris. Georgia has Herschel. So Wall- also, I I'm just trying to think. You said Mark Ingram, right? Yes. Yeah. They have okay. Mark. Is Mark Ingram the only running back Heisman from Bama? There's got to be another, right? That might, gotta that be, might be. It. I don't think Derrick Henry won that because they were on a long. I know Derrick Henry didn't, but there's it, no way Eddie Lacy won a Heisman. It might be from a while ago. Um, Lord knows Bo Scarborough didn't win a Heisman. So, um, yeah. But the uh, the other list, the Georgia list, is Herschel Walker, Todd Gurley, Nick Chubb, and Sony Michelle. I think you lose points for having Sony Michelle on that list. At least if you look at him from an NBA, uh, NFL standpoint. I don't like college is a little bit different, to be fair. Yeah. So like when for for all of the like QBU wide receiver U whatever position U debates, didn't uh, didn't Trent Richardson also go to Bama? Yeah. No, no, no. Like he might have won. I don't think. No, 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 no. Oh, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry won a Heisman. Oh, he did. Yeah, that uh, that that makes sense. That makes sense. But no, I forget, I, how how am I forgetting that? I was just curious if you were gonna say Ohio. State I would say it, at or... least you could at least say for the meantime, Bama. Okay. In terms of just like recent tracker, and also Derrick Henry's also like destroying it. Todd Gurley was also destroying it for Georgia. I'll be honest. Yeah. So bit bit of a trade there, but I mean, at least overall, as of this year, it's it's overall Bama. Bama. Yeah. And like I I wouldn't I wouldn't put Ohio State in it currently. Uh, if we're talking just what you did in college, though, it's obviously Ohio State. Just, just from well, I mean, that's if, if we're talking best. only what they did in college. But I, in my opinion, the QBU RBU debate, I think what you do in the NFL, like I do it from a high school prospect perspective, like because okay. that's the only opinion uh, that matters when it comes to who QBU RBU wide receiver, like literally high school recruits. recruits. That's the only perspective that matters. 
And so you kind of have to look at recent success and everything. Like you have to keep that in mind. Yeah. So I would say Bama right now, if we're talking just what you did in college though, and counting everything, Archie Griffin, only two time Heisman, Eddie George. Do I need to keep going? Zeke. I mean, we got Trevion now. I'm forgetting so many names right now. Well, apparently Anthony Tresh doesn't, doesn't think that uh, Trevion is all that for the big 10. I mean, at least he put him. At least he put him in the top, top four. Yeah. At least he did that. I mean, right. at least he did that. We'll give him that. Okay, but uh, good transition. Uh, I'm yeah, gonna get into NFL. the Ohio. Oh, okay, yeah. Ohio. I'm going to get into the Ohio State of the Union address. Uh, I've decided. Screw it. This is what's. This is what it's going to be called uh, now. The Ohio State of the Union address. Uh, so first things first. We got some news in terms of commitments. Uh, Ohio State guys rumored to commit soon. So tomorrow, well, by the time this comes out, we'll, we'll already know where this guy is going. But on Wednesday, July 27th, Caleb Downs is, is, is announcing his commitment to either Alabama or Ohio State. He has gotten crystal balls to Alabama over the past two or three weeks. Uh, he did get, uh, Ohio State did get his last official visit, though. Uh, and a lot of people were speculating like Caleb Downs looking like Ohio State has made significant progress with him. Uh, one thing, though, I kind of something funny. Ex-Ohio State wide receiver coach that I mentioned a lot on this podcast, Zach Smith, uh, from their official Twitter account, they tweeted out, whatever the hell y'all did on that recruiting trip, never do it again. So on this last final official Ohio State recruiting trip, they had like every single big name recruit they were going after all come at the same time. And for like a week or so after that official visit, a lot of people were like, Ohio State seems to have made a lot of progress, not like any door closed deals, but have made significant strides with a lot of these players. And, you know, I was feeling pretty good about myself as a buck. But the second like 4th of July rolled around, it's been all downhill since like no good news has came out of that uh, visit since. And it's very rare for uncommitted kids to take pick Ohio State as their last official visit and then be like, oh, whoa, now I'm sold on not coming here after taking that official. And once again, my number one source has indeed inform me that Caleb Downs is in fact a Buckeye and he will be committing to Ohio State tomorrow. But I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard anything good. And usually, I mean, the the crystal balls usually don't lie. Usually they don't. I mean, they do sometimes, but usually they don't. Uh, So Caleb Downs, number one target. If Ohio State, off a miracle, somehow lands him tomorrow, this class can somehow be saved. I'm not expecting it to happen, though. And if I was Caleb Downs, to be quite honest, I would pick Alabama over Ohio State, too. But that's that's first things first. Second things, John Walker, top 100 one-tech recruit for Ohio State, kind of like their only notable one-tech uh, target in this class. He's now getting crystal balls to UCF. UCF, University of Central like a, Florida. A very large difference. Yeah, a bit. Uh, 
so it's never a good sign when a guy's picking UCF over uh, over Ohio State. I don't think Ohio State should ever be getting in recruiting battles with UCF, but it's happening. And it's happening on the D-line. And I understand interior D-lineman hasn't really been Ohio State's strength, but we're losing to UCF? I mean, that that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. And Ohio State could have a depth problem on the interior D-line down the line uh, as a result of this. Ohio State only has two D-tackles signed the class of 2022 and 2023. They did land two uh, pretty big-name D-tackles, class of 2021, but Hero Canoe and Will Smith are the only uh, interior D-tackles signed with Ohio State right now. Yeah. And that is not actor Will Smith. It is high school defensive tackle prospect Will Smith. So um, I, yeah. just pulled up, I just pulled up the list of UCF uh, defensive linemen who are in the NFL. Let me know if any of these names ring a bell. Tristan Hill, Jameis Pittman, Ledger Doosable, Terrell Troop, Paul Carrington, Elton Patterson, Greg Jefferson, Shaquem Griffin, but that's a linebacker. Now we're in the linebackers. So uh, Tristan Hill. I, I think I recognize, but I, I swear that guy, I'm thinking of a TCU defensive tackle. Yeah, Tristan Hill uh, is the most recent pick from UCF, uh, round two, 2019. He's on the Cowboys. You probably recognize him because you always see him in Madden when you go to draft the team. Literally, that's actually, I, 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 I recognize his face. So, <laughs> currently, uh, Ohio State is losing to a school that has produced basically no NFL talent at the uh, D-line position. Sounds like a problem. Yeah, that's not really a good sign. The thing is, other than defensive end right now, Ohio State has nothing to sell these kids on coming to Ohio State. They haven't put a good product on the field on defense for the past two seasons. And Ryan Day made a rookie mistake by hiring uh, Kerry Coombs as D coordinator. He should not have done that. Hiring a man who's never uh, coached as D coordinator before should have never hired him in the first place, but he's corrected that mistake. He's got his guy in Jim Knowles. We trust baby. God damn it. And Jim Knowles is going to take this team back. Like 2019 Ohio state defense. My man got himself. Jeff Halfley. Oh, what a beautiful man. That, that man his impact on defense, I like. I miss him so much. I I just miss him so much. And then immediately a year after, got poached head coach Boston College. He's still over there. But I mean, Ohio State doesn't really have anything to convince these players to come until they start doing something on defense, other than edge. Edge, they're still coming. I mean, not this class, but. Over the past two years, what they, yeah. What they really need to do is they need to take one of their lower-rated uh, recruits and transform them into a transcendent starter for the team. And if they can do that, I think players will see prospective players will see that they can develop properly. But they need to well, be well on defense. Play. On defense, uh, they've had to play a bunch of like lower-ranked guys because their five stars suck. And so it's just very weird There's and not a great pitch, but on offense, they did that. Yeah. All they got to do is do that on defense now, but apparently they're not capable of that. No, 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 I know. And that, that is a 
problem. Like, uh, start churning out a linebacker again, boys. It's been a while. But last thing about uh, the Ohio State of the Union address, uh, I've been seeing on Twitter the past couple of days, a lot of fans are going crazy over a top 100 uh, current commit to Ohio State out of the state of uh, Florida, Dijon Johnson. A lot of people are worried this guy's on decommit watch. Apparently, he's talking with a – I'm not – I forgot the school, but might be Florida coaches, some school in Florida, I think, but apparently he's still talking around. And all I'm going to say is I don't really know what to, what to, what to read into this, but I did see a tweet earlier uh, from either him or one of his family members saying they're still locked in, committed to Ohio State, which I like. You know, I'm obviously a fan of that. Uh, and also another Florida, uh, Ohio State commit running back, uh, Mark Fletcher. He also reasserted Ohio State fans. I'm still I'm still committed to OSU, baby. Don't worry. Even though he's also been linked to decommitting. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, nothing set in stone until they sign. Maybe they decommit. Maybe not. Hopefully they stay. I don't know. It's just, it's been such a bad month of Ohio State recruiting. I haven't heard good news in a really long time. Yeah, I don't really know. How even though they do, even though they do have the number one class right now, yes, they're not finishing with the number one class. So, I mean. Just the qualms of an Ohio it's cool, State. It's man. cool in July, but we got to see what it is on signing day. All right. Um. I don't know if that does that wrap out Ohio State the the inaugural yeah Ohio yeah State that was Union. that was the Ohio State of the Union address it'll be a little more polished next week when we when we see where these guys actually committed because they're all committing tomorrow or on Thursday so we're we're about to have the official address coming up soon but yeah this was just the ina- this was the inauguration just, just a little teaser just just yeah, letting you guys get you guys aware of what's going on uh, um but yeah with that we'll, we will close out the episode here with some nfl action um there's a lot today uh so Uh, so there's a lot of big things that happened and i think um we should start with some some lower notable things first okay before we get into some longer debates so you, you know what i'll let i'll let you go first okay just 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 read just give me the topic and I'll let you know if I have that, where I have that ranked on my Woj Bomb list, tier list. Because I got some things that are, I would say, are significantly less notable than some of the, the funnier things we can get into. But Well, for one, I do have um, a nice little analytical list that I want to get into at some point during this. It's not necessarily need to be right away, but it will have to happen at some point. So I feel like we could debate a little bit if there's a list. So I got something that's not really I've debatable. I've got an Aaron Rodgers sighting. Okay, so, so we can, we can, we'll start with that. We'll start with that. All right. So um, I'm editing this episode uh, today. And because I am a good editor, this picture will be on the screen here. Um, because Everett has the capabilities to put in multiple photos at the same time it will most likely be up on screen. Apple right, products. Right here. Right? No, there. it's going to be right here in between. In between. Nope. Right there. Right there. Why are you making No, it's right here. Not right huh? there. <laughs> Not there. Right there. No. Um all right. So Aaron Rodgers showed up to the uh, the first day of training camp today 
in a uh, white tank top, or as some people like to call it, a wife beater, and jeans. Uh, a lot of people decided to, you know, obviously compare him to Nicolas Cage um, and Con Air. Apparently the style is, I mean, Nick Cage wore a wife beater and, and some jeans and that. Uh, you know what I'd like to compare him to? Channing Tatum and Magic Mike. Oh, whoa. Channing have flow like that back in Magic? Did he have that back in Magic Mike? Maybe in Magic Mike XL. Not sure if the original he had that. Yeah, Grant's an <laughs> avid, an avid match, Magic Mike. It's movie. my favorite movie. Uh, my mom took me to the theater. We saw Magic Mike together. It was a great uh, mother-son bonding experience. And yeah. You know what else? I've been hooked ever since. You know what else he looks like? He looks like one of the uh, the hired male like strippers that like a lot of bachelorette parties get for weddings. That's what he looks like. He's coming from his from a shift. Now, do, do you do you mean that in a compliment? I mean, obviously. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think like okay, real quick. So. I just want to like scroll back the tape a little bit about Aaron Rodgers and the whole uh what, what's kind of gone on in his life past couple months. Oh yeah. Um. So I think it was going back to last year. Aaron Rodgers decided to like publicly announce he's growing out his hair, and uh, apparently he hasn't cut it since. Based off uh what I've seen, it kind of reminds me of you back in fifth grade. Uh, but yeah, he's got the 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 Goldilocks flow out right now. Uh, the, mop, the mop is out. And let's rewind the tape a little bit. So he was in a long-time relationship with uh, Danica Patrick, right? Yeah. They break up. Uh, last summer, he was going on vacations with Top Gun Miles Teller and shit. Or, with, or, or Shailene Woodley. With, Shailene Woodley. With Miles Teller. They were all yeah, together. Yeah. He was Shailene, Woodley. Shailene Woodley. Mess that up. Shailene Woodley. And so Shailene Woodley and Miles Teller, obviously homies from Divergent and... Yep. probably did another movie i don't know but i don't know aaron Rodgers going on vacay with miles teller top gun man and uh yeah then he breaks up with shailene woodley then he gets that weird ass tattoo with the I lions think, and i think well no he the, like broke planetary shit or whatever they were, the hell. They were you forget they were engaged then they broke off the engagement then oh, they had I, like a two-week i did hiatus. not remember the engagement part and then they got back together. I'm pretty sure they were engaged. And he also did some like whack ass like eating regimen when he was in like Puerto Rico or whatever the hell when he was like doing weird ass rituals or whatever the fuck. I don't know. I have no idea exactly what he was doing. Aaron Rodgers is a whack ass dude. Uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers and Shane. I mean, I, 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 yeah, he also got that bag over the offseason. Maybe, maybe that's what's kind of, kind of got yeah, this no, all Aaron, going. Aaron Rodgers, um, is quite the dude to say the least. Who but, knows? Maybe Aaron Rodgers called off the wedding before he signed that contract extension. Well, you know what? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! This is mine. He might have. I had mean, a Aaron Rodgers isn't much of a family man. Remember, he doesn't talk to his brother anymore. Well, yeah, exactly. That's why he's now on uh, the next cast list for the next Magic Mike movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Aaron's all over the news. Uh, 
I, I You're obviously would, a little more animated about him uh, than I am. With uh, with Aaron Rodgers, though, I honestly would not be surprised that this actually was for him, like trying to get a gig on the next Magic Mike movie. Like I, with it being Aaron Rodgers, I actually wouldn't be surprised by that. But uh, yeah, that was my little Aaron Rodgers uh, sighting today. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, uh, I got some some le- le- lesser cool news uh, get into. Uh, not really much here. I just kind of thought this was a little interesting. Darius Leonard uh, informed the media today that he wants to be uh, known as Shaquille Leonard uh, from here on out. That's his middle name. Apparently, he was called that uh, when he was growing up. In my opinion, Darius Leonard rolls off the tongue. Uh, yeah. So what, Darius Leonard? Well, it's the same. That's a thing. great name, Shaquille Leonard. Sha- Shaquille Darius. Shaquille Darius. I just think you, Darius if were, Leonard. If you were, if you were to look at a name on like on paper, like if you were scouting on a team and you just saw the name, it doesn't even matter if it's like the third dude down on the list but you saw the name Darius Leonard and then you saw the name Shaquille Leonard underneath it. I'm scared of, I'm scared of Darius Leonard. Even I think I'm more intimidated by Darius Leonard. I think yeah. Shaquille Leonard, he, he might be able to, to brand himself better. Maybe that's what he's going after. Uh, I guess Shaquille's just like a more recognizable name. Shaquille but to me, Darius Leonard, that's just hard as shit. That's an amazing name. In my opinion, I, I don't, I mean, I maybe think, this is a brand move. I don't know. I just, think, I, really I just know. think I just think the name Darius in general is like, like for a football player, Darius. I'm I'm trying to think of other Dariuses right now. Um, At least currently, Marcel Darius, I think his name. Like it would there was a there was a defensive tackle for the Jaguars on the 2017 team that was. Anyway, the name the name's tough, and I like it. So, yeah, I mean, just want to point that out. Uh, another thing. Uh, Chris Carson medically retiring with a neck injury. One of my, on my uh, slight stint as a Seahawk, um, I wouldn't say fan, but spectator. Uh, when I was a Seattle spectator, Chris Carson was one of my favorite players to watch. This guy just said, like, when on the field, lethal. He's very hard to stop, yeah. Lethal. It's just neck injury. Like, he, these things... At, he has an injury every year. Well, essentially, he misses extended time every year. This is my question. This is like the third or fourth career ending neck injury that has occurred for the Seattle Seahawks. Like, if you're the doctor for the Seattle Seahawks, like, why is this a reoccurring issue? Why is it always someone's neck? Like, I don't think you have Greg Williams on staff. Like, you shouldn't be. Dying I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if there's like a direct correlation here. Well, maybe, maybe I mean, they're just rushing them back. Well, the Paul or. What, Ricardo, Ricardo Ricardo Lockett like almost got I'm not sure out. if he had a history I'm not sure if he had a history of neck things but Chris Carson has and he's Cam, just... Cam Chancellor also retired due to a neck injury mm. Chris Carson retired due to a neck injury I don't know what Earl Earl Thomas's deal was I think that was I, I don't Earl know. Thomas he got hurt like right I before he left I don't think he might have just hated Seattle <laughs> <That one. laughs> I mean, dude, if I if I was an injured player in Seattle too, I wouldn't like it very much. Well, also just like the way they handled, like we're picking Russ over the defense, and then they proceeded to do absolutely nothing to help out Russ, and yeah. it it was 
it was like this makes no sense which, i just don't to understand which russ, to which russ was like no nah, like I'm, I'm i'm always here for you seattle uh yeah now uh, russ is let's ride broncos country that's let's right ride. <laughs> the most cringe um, video of all time all right. do we uh do we want to get into this list now the meat and potatoes of we could list? uh I, I got one more. I got I got okay. two more quick little reaction things, right. which I think will be quicker. And then I think the list we could talk a little longer. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming you have this. You have this written down somewhere. Julio Jones has signed with the Tampa Bay Bucks. He's uh, joining Tom and Tampa Bay. At this point, if you're over 30 uh, and you're you're washed up or whatever, just go to Tampa, man. That's it's the Tampa Bay retirement home. And they're, uh, they're still contenders, though. I mean, it, it's a ring-chasing retirement home. It, it's not a poverty retirement home. Uh, it also fits that it's in Florida, too. Uh, and, no, yeah, the, uh... I, I think it. the Bucs are 1,000% winning a Super Bowl next year. It, it's just I'm so certain of it. I'm so positive. It's, gonna, it's just it's meant to be. It's meant to be Tom Brady's the GOAT, and he has to go out with nine. Wait, wait. He has seven right now, not seven. eight, right? Okay, thank God. Seven. I thought he had eight for a sec. He's going out with eight. He's going out with eight. He's going out with yeah, eight. Yeah, no, the uh, the poverty retirement home goes to the Cleveland Browns. They're young. Oh, okay, hold on. Let's I don't I think we to... need to I don't think we need to get into a tangent on this, to be honest. I think we got some other things to talk about, but oh, no, we do. I it's just a retirement home, but they're still winning down in Tampa. So it's an impressive retirement home. Oh, you know uh, what it, it is? It's like a senior. It's like a senior uh, executive board. And, uh, <laughs> like... um, the uh, the uh, poverty retirement home is the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Another Florida team. That's just a bad place to go. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what I got on Bucks. Uh, yeah. And the, then before uh... list, I got one more quick little thing. I'll let you wrap up real quick with Hulu. Right. But no, I I mean. It's just, uh, I mean, what he, he he's gonna be their third option now, fourth option. They've got Russell Gage there too, so I don't really know. It's just like they they like taking broken broken players, broken players, just players who haven't played well. Le'Veon, I think Le'Veon was on the team. Antonio Brown, obviously. Now Julio, they like trying to fix things, make them make them play better, make them back to try and play how they how they were uh, kyle rudolph too another older guy cameron Brates, old as shit you know i mean like <laughs> tom brady really needed it to research his career resurrect i mean they all they all want to come play with tom though i mean no, i know that he, kind of lit, he is, kind of lit. He is a big selling point so uh, yeah julio Jay julio to the bucks i was kind of confused like how the hell is julio jones on a team for the past couple of uh, months but hey of course he's going to tampa bay like uh, i said he's washed yeah okay all right watch him just like casually put up just like 900 yards and have just have a career resurgence with Tom Brady. Cause of course it's going to happen. It just happens. Of course. It's the same thing. It was the uh, same thing with uh, Randy Moss. He wasn't doing it's, too well. It's just going to happen. But okay. Next day I got uh, allegedly, allegedly journalism, allegedly. allegedly the 49ers are moving on from Jimmy G and going with Trey Lance. Allegedly. Uh, yeah. Now this is, this is what I think. Usually when I hear reports coming out from a coach or GM, uh, like I'm trying to think of an example. Like, let's say it's about like the draft. Like, we really like X at number three. Yeah, we really it, like. It's always cap. Like, I always assume that's a bunch of cap. They're just lying. 
they're never just going to publicly say what they actually want to do. That would be stupid. No one would do that. But for this move, announcing a starter, I think it's a little different. And I actually think, I think this, this might be legit. I think this like actually might be legit. No, or at I, least he will be the starter for training camp for now. I don't know. I, maybe like, I think this might be, I think this might be legit. I've I've heard I've heard rumors for a while that Jimmy I mean obviously everybody's heard that Jimmy G's on his way out. Um yeah. we were a little hesitant because like they said that and then they never did anything about it and it was like does Trey Lance just suck? Like why is nothing <laughs> happening? We have no we idea have if he's clue. good or not. We have no idea. <laughs> I, I have I have a feeling it's one of two things. Either the bridges were burned with Jimmy G just with all the rumors going on. He was like, I just like it's obvious you guys just don't care, so you're gonna deal with this dumpster fire that you've got going on now or it was like Trey Lance is actually going to be good and we don't need you anymore so we want your capital so by leaking this stuff out you've now got teams that are going to be like okay and by teams I mean the Browns um that are going to be like all right so he's on the market right and then you're going to be like no he's not but then they're going to be like oh but like what if we give you like a second round pick like is he on the market then you're like I don't know it's like all right we'll give you a second round pick well, I don't think Jimmy's worth a second rounder, but like, no, but that, I mean, that's uh, what I, mean. I get, I get, I get your he's, get, he's getting like a fifth rounder in there. He's, he's gonna get a fifth rounder, if even a Baker was like a six. No, he was a fifth. He was a fifth rounder. So that's a comparison. I can't believe I might be like, yeah, Jim's probably fifth too. <laughs> what if it's like a nah, conditional six conditional fifth rounder? Uh, a swap. A, a fifth swap. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. No, yeah, but I mean, Rounder, I think Jimmy that G. might actually be legit, though. I think that no, might actually be legit. Okay, okay. Now, do you want to get into your list or do you want to talk about Kyler Murray's contract clause? Which do you want to talk about first? I haven't heard Kyler Murray's contract clause. I think we got. Okay, I do you want to do the list first? No, let's do the contract clause. Now, okay, Kyler Murray. I can't believe you didn't read this. Uh, this is something you'd be sending to me. But okay, Kyler Murray. Uh, apparently, in his contract clause, uh, I I would get the exact quotes out, but everyone's probably seen it. If we're if if Everett's a great editor, it'll be on the screen right now. But apparently, Kyler Murray has a clause in his contract where he needs uh he's required to watch four hours of film independently per week, per week, four hours per week on his own. Those four hours do not count if he's watching it in the team facilities with coaches. It needs to be completely on his own outside the facility. Uh, He has to do it for four hours a week and he cannot be playing video games while watching film. Specifically, he cannot be uh, playing video games while watching film. Uh, so my first reaction to this, obviously the video game part is hilarious. Four hours. That's it. I don't know about you, but I, if I, I, I pray Justin Herbert spending more than four hours a week on his own watching film that breaks down to like 40 minutes, like a day. Are they like, does Kyler Murray just not watch film? Are they concerned that he's going to be like Jamarcus Russell? Like with that? So 
Like, has he been? So I mean, obviously Kelsey? he's not Jamarcus Russell well, because yeah, obviously he's but, peak I mean, performs. But but this is something I just want. I, I'm just I just want to think. Uh, Zach Smith, Coach Zach Smith. I I am a USC guy now, but this I'm attacking Oklahoma here. Coach Zach Smith pointed out, and you pointed out earlier with Rattler and maybe Tulane, he wasn't really motivated to prepare for that game. Do those Oklahoma quarterbacks have a problem with preparation? Kyler Murray, does he have a problem with prep? Does Spencer Rattler have that same problem? Does Baker have that problem? Hold on. So all of those, all of those. Because Zach Smith, his argument was, the you're you're out of uh what's the term out of practice regiment your uh i don't know attention to detail your effort you put in to the game outside of practice that's instilled to you in college you know you learn that shit in college you, like i don't know about you but the nfl they like to have, uh, draft mature guys at the quarterback position i don't know about you man uh but hopefully you like a quarterback who watches film uh, yeah. Um. My my question is: All those quarterbacks were developed under Lincoln Riley. Does that mean that uh, USC's got to be a little concerned here, Caleb Williams? So hey, hey, I'm a USC guy. I'm I'm not attacking Lincoln here. I'm I just making the so observation. Maybe a little trend, just to point out. Hey, is this is this a concern? I don't know. I don't know. That's gotta uh, be a question for Miller. Uh, I don't know. I I just thought that was a little interesting. But okay, so first. The four hours per week mandate does does that mean Kyler was watching like two hours of Dude, film a week like last year or something? Four, four hours, like if you that's really, so little. If you for, really, that's if your you, job. If you really love the sport of football, you will sit there and you will knock all four hours out in one day. You'd be doing about. I mean, I I actually can't. I I bet Tom Brady was probably watching multiple hours per day. Tom Brady I mean, probably had it on multiple televisions. That's probably what he watches instead of watching commercial <laughs> cable. Yeah, he probably had eight different monitors with different angles of the same place so he could really dissect everything. Eight, like, eight Manning uh, and Eli Manning do that on Monday alone. Like that's no, the, yeah. I, I mean, it's just like that's a little concerning. And I mean, t- to need to put that in words in a contract, that's that can't so be very promising if you're a Cardinals fan. How how do the Cardinals track this? Do they did they install cameras in Kyler Murray's uh, no, house? So I I got to read up on this. I, I'm not entirely sure. If I remember correctly, I think he self-reports it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's going to work wonders, Cardinals. Exactly. Like, the only way I guess it's, like, I guess they're just going to have to, I mean, well, they'll know throughout the week of practice if he's been watching film or not. But, like. You know what my favorite <laughs> thing is, and I, I like this is a well-known thing now, is they would give Jamarcus Russell a tape, like, for film. And yeah, and the next he, day they would ask him if he watched the tape, or the he'd be like, yeah, the playbook, of course, he'd be like, yeah, of course. Like, what are you talking Cut the about? Whole thing up. And uh, the tape no. was blank. All blank tapes. Was no tape. <laughs> like, like, that's what they got to do. They literally have to do that with Kyler Murray. Like, Kyler, you watch the tape? He's like, yeah, coach, I watched it. It's literally a, 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 like just dancing in the rain, playing on repeat. Uh, and I, I'm just saying, like. I saw another kind of kind of stupid, dumb graph. I, I didn't really put much thought into this. I just thought it was kind of funny. Uh, it was a graph comparing Kyler Murray's fantasy production before and after the annual Call of Duty release. And let's just say there is a 
noticeable drop off or not not noticeable but there is a consistent downwards trend week to week so especially um, after call of duty gets released so let's just say phase k1 loves Warzone. people forget he is in phase uh and i mean if the cardinals are including in the contract clause please do not play video games while watching film maybe he's trying to become a professional streamer and get out of the league. You know, maybe he's trying to make his way out of the league, get his way into esports. Yeah, Kyrie Irving can help you with that one. Um, yeah, take a page out of Kyrie's book. Carl take a page Anthony out of Ben Simmons' book. Oh, uh, that's, that's the one, Ben Simmons. Yep. You know, the there's a lot of guys that you can follow in their footsteps and they can lead you in the right direction. I think Josh Hart plays. Josh Hart's a big, a big gamer. It's a lot Josh of Josh Hart plays. too. A lot of, yeah. Um, yeah, Juju, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, another phase guy. God. Yeah. Um. All right. So to uh, I'm gonna need you to send me that by the way, so I can put it in here. Um. I got that. But to wrap up this episode, I have it is from Sports Illustrated. All right. This is not a ball sack sports post. Uh. By uh Michael. Yeah. Fabiano. This list has been getting hyped up for like the past thirty minutes, so I'm pumped yeah. right now. It's a it's by Michael Fabiano, so obviously he's a very notable NFL insider. Um, it is fantasy football, and it is what quarterbacks have the tendency to target certain position groups the most and the least. Uh, they had to have had a minimum of twelve starts last season, and we'll be going through the running backs, the wide receivers, and the tight ends. And I will be eating my words uh, from last week or a couple weeks ago when I was talking about Kirk Cousins. So let's start with the running backs here. The quarterbacks that target the running backs the most, and this is good to know for obviously fantasy football, uh, depending on what league you play, right? You would likely want to have a quarterback that targets every position the most. Wide receivers probably. But... The quarterbacks with the most targets for running backs, no surprise in number one, Matt Ryan, uh, 26.1%. Cordell Patterson is his running back. Not surprised. Uh, this year, he also has Jonathan Taylor and Nineheen Hines. Uh, both are pretty good check down running backs. Um, so no surprise there. Number two, Sam Darnold. Christian McCaffrey's on the team, 23.9% targeted. Uh, Sense. Three is Jared Goff, Lions, 23.5%. Four is Taylor Heineke at 23.3%. And five is Derek Carr, 23.2%. Wrapping out six through 10 is Carson Wentz, Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, Baker Mayfield, and Jimmy G. Now the fewest targets for running backs. Matthew Stafford at 12.6%. Russell Wilson at 13.8%. Tua at 14.2% and Josh Allen at 14.2%. Lamar Jackson finishes out the list at five at 14.7. Honorable mentions go to Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Patrick Mahomes, Ben Roethlisberger, and one Kyler Murray. Okay, so I was just sitting there for a sec trying to digest that, and I realized the reason why that was so hard for me to like put together quickly. Uh, let's just go by teams. Okay. Just say just say the team name. I think it'll be easier for me to translate in terms of right. fantasy position wise. Exactly yeah, what so I'm thinking. Most targets, uh one's Falcons, two Panthers, three Lions, four 
uh, Commanders, five Raiders, honorable mentions, Colts, Patriots, Eagles, Browns, and 49ers. Fewest uh, targets. I feel like Raiders, that one, that one makes sense because their O-line's shit. Uh, the Lions, Goff. I guess Jamal Williams and uh, Swift getting Swift. more action than I thought. Yeah, the big surprising one is Mac Jones, Patriots, Damian Harris. Sony, I guess Sony Michelle's not on the team anymore, but Damian Harris doesn't really strike me as a uh, check down back. James White's still on the team? <laughs> might be. Is Rex, no, Rex Burkhead's on the, on the Texans now. Uh, he was a big check down guy. And then uh, fewest targets, number one, Rams, two Seahawks, three Dolphins, four Bills, five Ravens, honorable mentions, Jaguars, Bears, Chiefs, Steelers, and Cardinals. I'm surprised. Um, the big reason why I was so directly saying the quarterbacks' names, though, is some of these quarterbacks aren't on the same teams. So keep in mind, if you are trying to draft Russell Wilson, he is now on the Broncos, and he had the second lowest uh, target ranked running backs at 13.8%. I also just think, like, I think, I think it's a little hard to, like, compare those with, like, new offenses, Russ. I think Devontae Melvin, I mean... Yeah, they're, they're probably going to be catching some passes out of the backfield, uh, in my opinion. But uh, Nathaniel I don't know. They, they have a lot of choices to do on offense. I'm still a Broncos hater this year. I think they're going to be the worst team in the AFC best. Someone, There's no way all those teams finish above 500. Like Everyone's like, oh, yeah, every team will go at least 12 and 5. It's like it literally can't happen, but yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, wide receivers, most targeted teams. Uh, or teams that target wide receivers the most. Number one, the Rams, 71%. Two, Bills at 68.1%. Three is the Bengals at 65.4%. Four is the Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger at 63.8%. New team, new court, not new team, new quarterback this year. Five is Trevor Lawrence, 63.3% on the Jaguars. Mm. Honorable mentions, six through 10, Jets, Seahawks, Vikings, Cardinals, and Packers. I think it's really interesting that Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars are there at 63.3%. I guess they didn't really have much else to target, uh, but with Christian Kirk there now, obviously. Wait, go, okay. Well, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I'm going back to that running back list. Where was the Chargers on there? The Chargers were not on the list. So like middle range, like middle mid-tier? range. Okay. Okay. Kind of important to note when Austin Eckler is very high on the PPR list. Well, I I'm just, just means that they're not total they're, total share. I mean, they're they're throwing a lot. So <laughs> like, they are a pass first offense, but it is just important to note if you are in a PPR league. Obviously, Austin Eckler is a PPR monster, but if the team is on a trend of not dominantly targeting the running backs, might yield a different outcome well just is what it says i here. i just they just do pass a shit ton yeah like he still gets a volume, lot they get a lot of volume yeah so um, i mean what, still I, get... I, what i find interesting is is that uh the jaguars target wide receivers the the fifth most in the nfl um last season marvin jones and lavishkas and all both had more than 100 targets uh no other wide out had more than 51 uh they just signed Christian Kirk, uh, and they're getting Travis Etienne back, who they probably play out on the line of scrimmage, probably in the slot, something like that. I guess they, they put... What? 
Well, no, they like Travis Etienne, obviously running back, but knowing what the bro Etienne that oh he ain't playing slot, bro. That guy, I'm like Etienne. Okay, in college though, I will give Etienne. I I don't think I've ever heard that in my life. I Not whenever I saw whenever I saw Ohio State play against Clemson, Etienne's in the backfield. He's catching screens. He's doing so much in the pass game with T Law. I thought like, they lined that's, him up in my on the opinion, line, though. I do not, I cannot pinpoint an exact moment where he stood out from a play on the line of scrimmage. I, I don't All think right. that's something they do with him. But ETN, the, like that guy to this day, Jordan Fuller, like the only broken tackle I really remember of that 2019 season, he's out here hand fighting with Travis ETN. Just ETN just walked right by him. I was like, what, what the fuck just happened? Like, I, I don't even know what the hell I, I, I don't know. But like ETN, ETN has that respect for me. Yeah. Um I think he can get a lot of target. I think also I think last year maybe some of it had to do with like Urban was like Carlos Hyde over James Robinson and like he ain't throwing the ball to Carlos. Yeah. So let's just say that. Also that O line was not great. Um I also, they were I they were they were middle, but I mean also yeah, with a like, rookie quarterback they, they kind of need an above average O line sometimes to be able to supplement for for not for Joe Burrow. Well, uh, yeah, seeing he didn't play half. Well, now of he does season, have it. Seeing he didn't play half of his rookie season uh, because the O-line was so atrocious. But then he went to a Super Bowl with an asshole right side of the O-line. Yeah, he didn't win because of the O-line. Um, but what's also interesting... You is- ju- I mean, I'm just saying, you just said if you, do- if you have a young quarterback and you don't have an elite O-line, like, you're just shit. But he took him to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I said he lost because he, he didn't have a good O line though. But he, he, he found success with a shit yeah, O line. Now he, he has did, it. But too. I was more, I was talking about rookie quarterbacks, specifically rookie quarterbacks, not second year. Like rookie quarterbacks, you make different like rookie mistakes. Like that's the saying, rookie mistakes. Good O line can sometimes. Now, okay, actually, you kind of just like spurred my 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 head on a little thought here. When is the cutoff? from you got to be good now in the nfl is it year two so joe burrow because he was a soft because he was a sophomore because he was a second year oh you don't have that excuse anymore it depends it depends on the position group i feel like for quarterbacks you're expected to do a lot better your second year because now you're acclimated but for a lot of players it's kind of year three i feel like is that year that you're expected like this is your boom or bust year like by year three, if you're not doing well, like you're, you're, I feel like for like maybe lineman positions, like linebacker, maybe DB. Yeah. I, I feel like quarterback, well, running backs, obviously a different, they're special, they're special breeds I, of position. You got to perform from day one and then it's only downhill from there, brother. But like receiver, I kind of feel like you're, I've expected like year two. If you don't break out year two, they're kind of like, oh, this guy's not what we thought. So maybe, maybe it is year two. Quarterback, though, this is this is what I'm saying. Quarterback, I think, I think it's a little unfair uh that people are just like jumping ship very quickly. Well, would you say would you say people are getting too impatient? Maybe we could say that for Jets with Darnold. Like I said, maybe I, we could say that with like 
The Browns are pretty patient. I think that patient it's, with Baker. I think that it's the Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes effect. I think, I, 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 I think, think that seeing yes. quarterbacks, seeing quarterbacks get success so early is now making people very impatient when it comes to and same thing with burrow too if your quarterback Deshaun watson also you could argue josh allen like if your are well they were patient with him they and were it paid off with him and i will say that first year I remember, I remember the bills weren't great as rookie year he was average but obviously average for a rookie quarterback he, still pretty he good. was taking he like Took significant took steps up every year, though. Yeah, you know? I, I would say after that that first year, I don't know if anybody panned him out to be like the the best quarterback in the NFL this year. It also but, helped the Patriots falling yeah. off without Brady's. But it also like I said, I, I think I think that it's just a, a a domino effect of the of Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. But um, I think that people inside the NFL are a lot more lenient when it comes to that. It's still three years. Like if you're not kind of like three years for a quarterback like that third season you better be playing well like you better see a lot of improvement if you don't it's a sign you're not going to be with that team yeah no i i i I, yeah i'd say it's definitely based on position i don't know it's it just seems very weird to me some teams bills were patient uh panthers weren't jets weren't uh Yeah. For uh, some reason, the Giants are patient with Danny Dimes. I, I mean, that's like the worst guy you would want to be patient they with. Really, they really think that he's their future. They really like him. He's just too close of a, of a similar... Eli Manning. Kind of Eli Manning. Just, and only based off, like, appearance. Yeah. Like, Danny... Like, it's hilarious that, like, Danny Dimes low-key can run, which is just hilarious. <laughs> Don't forget, he tripped himself last season with almost a seventy-five yard run for a tub. No, yeah, I mean it, it's um, just it's just. Let me ridiculous. let me finish out this list real quick. The the only thing that I think is also just very interesting and, and interesting to note this next year with Garrett Wilson being on the team, uh, the Jets had the sixth highest uh, passing percentile to wide receivers. Interesting note: uh, the fewest targets to wide receivers. Uh, Matt Ryan on the Falcons, so Falcons 43.2%. Baker Mayfield Browns 47.4%. Eagles 48.8%. Lions 50.4%. Raiders 50.5%. Honorable mentions. That'll change. (laughs) Broncos, Chiefs, Patriots, Colts, and Dolphins. I think a lot of these make sense. Uh, Yeah. Like, I, I think, like, a lot of that adds up. Uh, well, what surprises me the most is wide receiver fewest targets. Well, it kind of surprised me, kind of doesn't. But the Chiefs, Chiefs are at seven. I guess they target they Kelsey a lot, but and I guess they also don't need to target receivers that much because you give it to Tyreek once and he scorches the field. So overall, <laughs> yeah, don't need to do much. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. Then this is this is what, what is the Chiefs' running back rate? I'm curious uh, Chiefs, if that if that's listed or if... there. yeah they they were listed uh fewest targets they were eighth eighth fewest targets so tight end they must be at like one <laughs> so, so yeah. tight ends most targets yeah one yeah. dolphins 28 29 rounds at two 28.7 threes the falcons 
27.7. Four is Ravens, 26. Five is Chiefs. Bears, 26. Honorable mentions, six through 10. Broncos, Eagles, Chiefs at eight. Bucks and Patriots uh, oh. at 10. Surprising, though. I mean, with that offense, I guess you really don't need to throw it that many times. That's my analysis there. Uh, yeah, what I, I think, actually, that, that actually kind of adds up. What like, I think is really important to note here, Justin Fields going into year two for the Browns or for the, for the bears. Uh, Might Browns as well wish, be the Browns. Browns wish <laughs> they had Justin Fields, uh, but fifth highest targeting rate, 26% Cole Komet next year. Uh, I think they could take a big leap. I think that could go up. So if you're looking for a sneaky tight end pickup and Irv Smith is gone, uh, <laughs> Cole Komet. Only if Irv Smith Only is gone. Only if Irv Smith is gone, but all right, wrapping off this list and wrapping off this episode, uh, least targets bills at one Panthers at two jets at three Bengals at four Rams at five, six through 10 Vikings, saints, Packers, Cardinals, and Texans. That's why I said, I eat my words a little bit. Um, obviously last year is a bit of a different thing. Kevin O'Connell's here now. And that's why my analysis is that Irv Smith will break out. Uh, cause last year also we did two herb smith was hurt so and then we had tyler conklin who was originally supposed to be a backup and he's a pass blocker so it's a little bit different now we have a vertical threat um but yeah that 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 is the wrap out of the list so yeah i i feel like i feel like because there's so many pieces moved around this offseason so many new coaches uh quarterbacks moving around whatever piece on offense i feel like it's a little hard like some teams yeah you can project it but for like i just think broncos for example we can't i want to see this graph at week four and week eight like yeah you know like that's what i want to that's that's what i feel like we can really get something out of it here i just feel like preliminarily it it's an interesting thing to note um because a lot of obviously teams have shifted around quarterbacks have shifted around it's interesting to note, is it either the O coordinator head coach that's making these tendencies happen, or is it the quarterback and their reads that's making it happen? I I would definitely both things are factoring in. I would I would have to say overall it's the style of offense and the system they're in. You think overall, it's prior, the priority? Of- I would say, well, depending on the play, certain certain position groups won't even couldn't won't even be targeted. For example, like I think, I, I, I like I don't know. I I feel like definitely the scheme you're in impacts it slightly more. Obviously, the quarterback plays a big variable in that, this, this and is, the this players you have on the field. I think I think it's very dependent on personnel. So if a team that didn't have a good tight end last year has a bit, yeah, of, a of course, like year, last year, I mean, they might they might target the tight end a little bit more. Although I wouldn't expect it to be a huge jump, so keep that in mind. But if a team, you know has a quarterback that has a high percentile target to tight ends or whatever, and he's on a new team. I think that you can still assume that it's going to drop off a little bit if you don't have as good of a tight end, but I still would expect it to be there because that's based off of reads. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the tight ends, a bit of a weirder in the running back. I, 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 I feel like the Chiefs, it obviously makes sense. Like, you know, with, with their, like, tight end number and stuff. Than expected. You would expect them to lead both wide receiver and tight end targets because 
I guess, I guess it's more by like the volume rather than percentile. Like, cause I, well, if it's number, honestly, it's a little, it's a little, even by number of targets, it's going back to your logic, probably isn't too many targets when Tyreek's scoring 80 hard tubs. So, (laughs) I mean, yeah, I, I, I feel like, I feel like we'll, we got to revisit this list week four. We got to revi- revisit week four, revisit week eight, and then we can really start making some sense out of it. I think so. I, I feel like it's, it's a little hard to project next year. I, I feel like different style of offenses, pieces moving around will change it, change it a lot for sure. Just going to say, Irv Smith's going to break out next year. Um, but you could die on that hill, brother. We better pray Irv Smith finishes top eight fantasy tight ends next year. Uh, <laughs> with with that said though uh i think that's going to do this for the episode special guests coming for uh two lane tuesday next week uh so stay tuned if you haven't checked out the inaugural two lane tuesday uh sincere hainsworth hudson Lilybridge, phenomenal episode. great episode check it out phenomenal guests and uh but yeah if you've made it all the way to the end make sure to rate us five stars download follow the pod uh like and subscribe on youtube and support your water boys wherever you find us uh but everett water boys out